With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And welcome everyone to a new episode of Eat Sleep Speak. I am the big dog, the lawmaker. I am Alan Lucas and I'm back with another episode of our Mount Rushmore season. And this time we're going to go a little bit to the east. Yes, we're going to New Japan and we're going to have a big debate about who is the Mount Rushmore of New Japan. Now, before we go into the show, just a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us all here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find us at eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. And we've also on all the podcasting sites such as Apple, Spotify, Podbean, you name it. You can find us all there. As I said, it's the Mount Rushmore, and I've got myself a Mount Rushmore here of, well, let's just say I, I, it's the best I can get this on the list. First up, we have a new meaning for ESSR when it comes to this man. It's about this man's draft point system. He's now known as the evil, sneaky, snidey reprobate. It is Stephen Wilson. Now been on that, I think that was my name and that chat nickname for about a, a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault that I, even though I do the points, my team still do well. Hey ho! Just like a football team corrupt. Ah, uh, at time of recording, you're top of the league, so don't complain, man. Don't complain. Oh, I will always complain. Now we're moving on. This panelist is just upgraded by 18 inches. Get your mind in the gutter. Don't put a telly. It's Sarah Greaves. <laughs> I mean, going back to your earlier comment about these are like the best that you could actually muster up. If you want, I could leave and see how you like it. You need me more than I need you, Alan. Um, but yes, I upgraded to a 50 inch telly and it's the best decision I ever made until I realised I had to replace my fridge. So... Send me money, please. GoFundMe page will be up after the show is released. <laughs> this man finally said point his brother Shadow. It's just the same, he's still his bitch. It's Scott McLeod. Uh, New Year, same old sight patter from you, Alan. It's good to, good to see, good to see. Uh, I mean, you said it's the best you could get. I mean, where's the so called. Where's the so-called expert in New Japan, David Campbell? Is he here to give us his Mount Rushmore? Is he fuck? No, no he, he shot himself. Too scared, couldn't handle it. So he sent me. And lastly, if you've ever wondered what CM Punk looked like hooked in Crystal Mess, look no further. Grant Groby. <laughs> so I'm complete opposite of Straight Edge then. <laughs> How are you doing, mate? You alright? Brilliant, brilliant. I'm, I'm happy to be here and, you know, represent, like, you know, 
the true expert of New Japan in the podcast. Sarah's also there with me. Uh, I guess Yay. Scott as well. No, fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Cannot wait. Now, as we move on, we're going to start discussing who we believe should be in the Mount Rushmore. And we're going to start off in order of how they gave me. So the first person I'm going to come to is Scott. Scott, name who you feel should be in the Mount Rushmore and tell us why. Alright people, I've got my dinner to get after, so the sooner you agree with my picks, the quicker we can get this over with. Alright, starting off here, we've got Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, we've done shows on this very podcasting platform in a back catalog, you can go check out our future show about Shinsuke Nakamura, but we have talked about how poorly he's seemingly been handled in WWE, complete opposite in New Japan for wrestling, a three-time IWGP heavyweight champion, the youngest IWGP heavyweight champion in history winning it at only 23 years of age but his real you know, real thing he's remembered for in New Japan Pro Wrestling is not only being the king of Toronto but the man who elevated the IWGP Intercontinental Championship the standard bearer I believe for elevating a singles championship and elevating it to the similar if not above the main championship and even managing to headline the biggest show of the year Wrestle Kingdom defending the IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, I've also picked Tetsuya Naito, about 40% of this is out of pettiness, just so Grant couldn't have him. But other than that, he's one of the most popular characters, whether he's a face, a heel, or kind of this anti-hero role that he's kind of been going in recent years. He's headlined Wrestle Kingdom multiple times, I've always lost count here. He had one of the best long-term stories from him trying to be, become the IWGP World Champion. He won the G1 Climate 2013, failed to win at Wrestle Kingdom went on this heel role, formed one of the most popular and best-selling merch you know, factions in history under after Bullet Club and all single Banalas Day Upon. Also, winners of one of the best factions of the decade, thanks to me on that show. And eventually, 2020 walks out of Wrestle Kingdom after three attempts in the main event to become both the IWGB Intercontinental and World Heavyweight Champion. With all both belts, we don't talk about the guy he lost them to, but he won them back. And then he went on to the Risk Game 15 main event in night one against Kota Ibushi in a hell of a match. But basically, it's a case of he's a guy who's just always seemingly popular. He's had a hell of a journey for the last you know, 10 years in New Japan as both heavyweight champion and as the Aircornell champion. Moving yeah. over to the to the junior heavyweight division, we've got somebody who's also in WWE and maybe not being used to his full potential, and that's Kushida, the ace of the junior division. Uh, he's a bit more sports and entertainment like than New Japan is used to with his old Back to the Future gimmick. Even one year uh, at Red Kingdom coming out with a full with driving a DeLorean onto the ramp of the Red Kingdom stage. But he's, he's a multiple time tag team champion and junior heavyweight champion, multiple time best of super juniors winner. He's a guy who did just about everything you could do in the junior division. He was pretty much, you know, the best modern wrestler for his time in New Japan. It's the same, he didn't get to see him go up to the heavyweight division. And of course, I've got to throw in a legend in there. And so I've chosen Satoshi Kojima, leader of Red Club. And one of the handful of like legendary wrestlers, you know, like likes of Nagata, like, alongside likes of Nagata or Suzuki, who I think can still go and still add a lot to New Japan. And he's, you know, he and Tenzan held the record for a long time as the most reigns as IWGP Tag Team Champions with six. But then he's also got a unique accomplishment as he's only one of two people to hold both the IWGP Championship and the All Japan Triple Crown titles at the same time. 
So just for the longevity is good, the fact he's still going today and everything else he's come with so his career uh, both in the US and in Japan at Kojima as the final person on my Mount Rushmore. Very interesting lineup. For, I'm going to come to Stephen first. Stephen, what's your thoughts on Scott's lineup? Uh, not surprised he put Kushida in there. I think he would pick Kushida to, you know, do anything. You know, he's just he's, he's very big on Kushida, so uh, not surprised about that one. Uh, Naito, even though it's out of pettiness, I think it's a probably best pick, arguably. Uh, people may say Nakamura, but yeah, it's a solid lineup. Um, yeah, it's not surprising to see him go, you know, quite heavy on that. But yeah, I think Naito's a great pick. Grant, I'll come to you next. What's your thought? You said on you get screwed out of Naito. <laughs> he screwed me out of Naito. But, you know, I can't argue Naito is a fantastic choice. I actually would argue Nakamura is pro- probably actually a better choice, even though Nakamura isn't with the company anymore. What Nakamura done for the likes of the IC belt um, in New Japan and also sticking through it, at a very difficult time, like the Enochiaism period, um, and also we haven't like the fact that like he encountered Lesnar back in the day when Lesnar went to New Japan. It's well, it, it never really quite came to fruition, but still Nakamura to me is a very good choice, and Kushida will. He, he's he's probably the second best junior pick in all of history for New Japan. Really, I've got the best one. <laughs> Bogs, even boxing. Sarah, what's your thoughts on Scottish picks? Um, I mean, very, very good picks. Obviously, like you're you're gonna obviously have to like screw some folk out every now and again, and let's just face it, screwing uh, Grant out of Naito, knowing you know very well that Grant is a very, very big Lij fan, and we all know what he's done for the company. Um, Rikushida as well. Again, it's a really, really, it's a really solid pick. Um, I was like, they were all very solid picks, but I would probably say like the more likely one out of that one probably would be Naito. Well, interesting. I personally, when you first put, put them up, all being not being the biggest New Japan fan, would have said Nakamura being the strongest pick. But hey, oh, that's, that's my thing. Move on. Uh, so thanks very much, Scott, for that. Appreciate it. We're going to move on to You're Grant. Um, so Grant, you can get your cock out and start moving against Scott to see who's got the bigger cock. <laughs> so for my for my picks, uh, first of all, I'm going to open with um, probably the most obvious and easy pick of them all, um, Stephen Wilson's personal favourite wrestler of all time, Kazuchika Okada. Um, now Okada, I mean, where where do you start with the accolades? Five-time IWGP Heavyweight Championship holder, three-time G1 Climax winner, two-time New Japan Cup winner. He won the Best Bout Award from Tokyo Sports in 2012. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. MVP award 2012, 2013, 2015 and 2019 and Tokyo Sports is taken very seriously in Japan. That, the right there, is a man who is still young in his career and has got accolades that would put most to shame, including the longest IWGP championship reign of all time so far. So that's my first pick and that's me not even bringing up the Kenny Omega series. Let's see anyone try and argue that one. <laughs> uh, secondly, well, my next three are kind of moral legends. Next one is the best junior heavyweight of all time, Jushin Thunder Liger. Where do you even start with Liger's career? 
He wrestled in New Japan from pretty much 1984 right up until his retirement a couple of, a couple of years back. Transcended boundaries. Wrestled for wrestled in a WWE ring, even a, even even when New Japan and WWE weren't in bed with each other. Tyler Breeze, you're welcome for the match. He's wrestled all over the place, Mexico. He's had, he's had his, his accolades are really they're, they're top level. Like if you think of cruiserweights, Jushin Thunder Liger's got to be in your your top four of all time. There is no other way around that. And I'll fight dirty on that one. And really, there's just there's that many belts that he's held and accolades. You could be there forever. My next two, some people may see as a little bit more risky. The first one is Antonio Inoki. Why would I go for him? Well, he was a founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling back in 1972. He remained the owner of New Japan until 2005, and while yes, he did have a very iffy period near the end of that bit before he left the company, his actual career in, in the ring is legendary. He's been through numerous big name matches, he's been up against all sorts of people. You look at all the people that he's trained over the years as well, and where they've kind of went. He had, he, had, he had a hand in training Nakamura, one of Scott's picks. He had a training, training Rocky Romero. There was Yoshiaka Fujiwara, famous for the armbar. Uh, one, of my, one of the ones that always makes me laugh as a, as a wrestler is just Brian Adams, not to be mixed up with the singer. <laughs> but, so he's held quite a few accolades in New Japan, but unlike what some people might accuse other companies, even though he owned the company, I would never say that he's overbooked himself. He only held the, cha- the top belt three times in what is pretty much a 30-odd year career in the company. And my last pick, the great Muta, Kaiju Muto. Absolute legend who started in 1984 for New Japan and was there right through until 2002. He has also had multiple appearances all over the place. He's one of those people that, even if you've not heard of New Japan, chances are you've probably heard of the great Muta. You'll have seen some clips of the great Muta. He is also a multiple He's a G1 Tag League winner multiple times, 97, 98, 99. He's also had a Best Bout Award. It's a Tag Team Best Bout Awards. He's won the G1 Climax in 1995. He's held the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. He's been a six-time Tag Team Championship winner and a four-time Heavyweight Championship winner. The man has got a storied history. And these four are my kind. That's my four choices since, Scott, you're a dick. You took Naito for me. Uh, no regrets <coughs> well heavy hitting there Grant I, I like it I mean out of all the ones with the ball packed yours are the ones that are most uh, aware of you know I think everyone knows Akara and he's his, uh, at least a bit of his history when you Japan Liger WCW he's in WWE Hall of Fame uh, and OK he's obviously world renowned great muter he's been in TNA you know as well he's well respected all over the world Really, really strong list. Um, Sarah, I'm going to come to you. What's your thoughts on Grant's list? Good picks. I, I like them. I don't know who Inoki is off the top of my head. Um, anything that's before 2014, 2015, I have to, you know, look and research. Um, so I'm like, I don't know who that is. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that they are important. Because that's what happens. Um, you know, Okada being an extremely strong pick, considering that he's barely even touching the surface of what he can do for the company. Um, 
it's very heavily speculated that once um, Tanahashi hangs up his boots, that Okada is going to be the next ace of New Japan, um, especially concerning like the acolytes. And you don't ever see Okada going anywhere else. Like he is literally, he is going to stay in New Japan probably until the day he dies. Um, but when you have like Liger as well, like he had like such an influence over so many things, including the junior division and. You know, Musa had such a big influence in like training and overseeing things as well. So it's they're all very, very strong picks. I would probably only really pick Okada or Liger um, for putting them on the Mount Rushmore. Fair enough. Stephen, wake up to you. What's your thoughts on Grant's picks? Well, Grant alluded to a lot. Many listeners of this show will know my feelings about Okada. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh god, I know he's so overrated. It's unreal. Um, <laughs> but uh, otherwise, on that, Jushin Thunder Liger's a great pick. Uh, he retired and we entered the pandemic. That's how much of an influence this man is on the world of professional <laughs> wrestling. Uh, great Muta's a great like outside pick. I don't think great of a wrestler he is, but he's a lot. He's somebody a lot of people would have forgotten maybe about and his influence on so many wrestlers you know the the, the, the green mist type thing uh, that all came from Muta as well uh, yeah I think it's so I think a lot of people would probably listening to this show would probably say that Grant could clean, clean sweep I mean, Rushmore with that with those names I would argue he could maybe get free of the slots but hey ho <laughs> uh, yeah it's a, it, no it's solid all around thanks for Stephen and we'll go to the Montreal Screw Club as Scott. <laughs> well, of course, okay, uh, it'd be stupid not to really argue for him and this just on these accolades alone. I mean, his career from 2012 onwards gives new meaning to the phrase, you know, strapping the rocket to somebody. Like, he's been booked as, like, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, all wrapped in a, and he won, and he's been in some of the most talked about matches of New Japan's, you know, kind of resurgence in the modern era. And I see with the Inoki pick, it seems like he's going for the Quackeradji strategy here when uh, Quacker famously argued, well, we argued for him uh, when he put forward Vince McMahon to go into uh, the men's Mount Rushmore that we did ages ago. But, you know, unlike Vince, well, even though Vince has got his fair share of controversy, I think, you know, there's just too much, you know, regarding the politics of Inoki and, like, you talked, you talked, and Grant talked about the, uh, the bad times that New Japan went through. Part of that was Inoki's doing because he's obsession with booking guys with legit MMA backgrounds rather than booking guys that the fans might have actually wanted to see. Uh, and but like Liger, I obviously somebody who, you know, like you said, appeared in WCW. The old fans of a certain age who remember WCW, like growing up watching WCW, would recognise him. He's in the Hall of Fame. You know, I pretty much spent a good five minutes reading out a lot of his accolades on the Best of Super Juniors feature show we did. He's that like accomplice. He created the Super J uh, Cup tournament that's they're doing now as well. Uh, so I think Okada and Liger agree are the two strongest picks. They're almost well, like you know we should almost already argue that it should go in. But uh, great Muta, as much as I appreciate his legacy, you know he, was, he played a part in WCW as well, part of NWO Japan. I do think there's a portion of the fan base who might only know him as the guy with the face paint who started the whole like spraying mist. I might not know too much about his career to warrant him going in. Fair enough, great points there. So we're going to move on now to Esme Podcast. Stephen Wilson for Horse Pranks. 
Right, so to start off, I'm going to go with the man now known as Finn Balor, or better known during his Japan run as Fergal Devitt, Prince Devitt. I mean, if you talk about great junior heavyweights, you know, this man had a fantastic run uh, in New Japan. Uh, he had a three-time junior heavyweight champion, six-time IWGP junior tag team champion. Uh, won the best for the Super Juniors two times. A founding member of the Bullet Club, I think, is a, a very important thing to add because Bullet Club's influence on bringing New Japan to a wider, on, a wider audience is, you know, monumental. And for Bala to be leading that kind of stable, not as a heavyweight, as not like a dominant, but just as a as a junior heavyweight, I think is a fantastic achievement. Everybody knows just how good a wrestler he is. One of the first guys from the UK and Irish Isles to go over to the, there and absolutely put on a, a clinic. So yeah, I'll go with David first of all. If we talk about guys in Bullet Club, we can't not mention the cleaner, Kenny Omega, arguably the greatest big match wrestler in New Japan history, yes, I will say that. He made Okada look absolutely like a world beater. Uh, yeah, fantastic wrestler, all seriousness. Um, the way he moved up the rankings when he was in New uh, Japan, starting off as a junior heavyweight, into the Intercontinental title scene and then going into the World Championship picture. He, the first Gaijin to win the, the G1 Climax, you know, a phenomenal achievement. Uh, Grant mentioned the series of matches he had with Okada breaking the Meltzer scale, you know, other matches he's had, uh, his match with Chris Jericho that pretty much brought uh, New Japan to an even bigger audience than what they had before, even his final match with the company against Tanahashi is often seen as one of the best matches that year in 2019, so just pretty much for the influence of the elite and pretty much him as a wrestler had, you can't not mention him for a contender in the Mount Rushmore. Uh, Slightly different type of wrestler I would go with third. I'm going to go with Minoru Suzuki. You know a wrestler is popular when he appears in another company. They cut off his theme music and everybody goes mental. It becomes a viral sensation. Uh, but aside from, you know, the fantastic entrance music, just... He's such a technically sound brawler. He's just... The fact that he's never won the big title in New Japan, but yet to many fans, he's considered, he doesn't need it, he's considered a top star regardless, just shows how influential a wrestler he has been, you know, he's everywhere he goes, you know, he, he can show up in GCW, he shows up in Bloodsport, just the amount of things that he's done throughout his career, and just the influence he's had, I think is absolutely amazing, you know, the guy's 53 and he can beat you up and it's just so many great contenders. He's a Wrestle Observer Hall of Fame 2017. You know, he's had match of the years with Tanahashi, AJ Styles, the likes of them. Plenty in there, like I said, even though he has never won, you know, the big title. He's also a winner of the G1 Tag League in 2011 with Lance Archer. And I'm going to round it off with somebody who's a long term rival of Suzuki, you know, many, many years ago. We're talking Yuji Nagata. Nagata. I can never pronounce his name right. But just the longevity this man has had. He's been a fixture of New Japan since 1992. To put that in perspective, 30 years ago, now that's still mental to think about, 30, 1992 was 30 years ago. Uh, just how just how much he's been there. You know, he's the fifth longest IWGP heavyweight champ of all time, but just shy of four, uh, 400 days. Uh, 
he defended that title 10 times during that period of time, something that took years to be broken by Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 11. It, the fact that he can still put on top quality matches, I mean, even in the last 20 years, his matches with uh, Keji Muto in the G1 to, in 2001, Cut Angle at Wrestle Kingdom 2 in 2008, even last year at the age of uh, 53, uh, taking on Shingo Tagagi. Tagagi. My pronunciations is terrible tonight. In the, tw- in the G1 last year. Uh, the only man to win the three big tournaments in Japan for the different promotions, the G1, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling's Champion Carnival and Pro Wrestling Knows Global League. And he did that eight years ago when he was in his mid-40s. Just a, a pioneer of Japanese wrestling like the likes of, you know, Liger and Inoki beforehand. Uh, yeah, that's what my fourth for the Mount Rushmore. I know a big heavy hitter there, Stephen. You know, we talk about Kenny Omega, obviously. One having the chance Triple A, AEW, and then TNA as well. And WWE is fun ballot. Dominated NXT. Um, Suzuki appearing at AEW. Bio sensation. Um, his match, especially with John Moxley, was so good, so heavy hitting. Um, you know, and I, I don't know much about his Japan stuff, but the things I have read, it just pointed to amazing of and then Legata as well. Very, very good picks. Uh, Grant, I'm going to come to you first. What's your thoughts on Steven's pick? I'll give it to him. Like Steven has chosen some absolutely solid picks. Um, a few. Um, one in particular that really stands out to me, Suzuki. That is a fantastic choice um, because he is a pioneer. The fact that even in his 50s, he still commands respect and attention. He's not just another like old wrestler that's a part-timer. He, re- he does it full-time. He is willing to throw down with everyone. And I mean everyone. I mean, the man's had a match with um, Asuka back in the <laughs> day, um, which was absolutely fucking terrifying to watch. Uh, I've met him. And despite the fact he's about half a foot shorter than me, I still would never even dare make a joke in front of him because I'm pretty sure he could snap me like a twig just by looking at me. So yeah, Suzuki, fantastic pick. Nagata, hard to argue. That um, a lot of people, like sort of newer, young, like newer and younger New Japan fans, will be kind of like, this guy's old. It's like no, go back and watch his old stuff. Absolute legend. Um, so yeah, solid pick. Balor, yeah. Can he, can he really argue um, well Devitt can't really argue that he had a huge influence in their junior division and was kind of one of the people that started to blur the line between the junior and the heavyweight divisions perhaps wasn't there long enough to me to class as a a, a Mount Rushmore um, and Omega yeah yeah he really like, he did he had because he had that fantastic sort of founding in the junior division before he moved up to the heavyweight and became the sort of leader bullet club so yeah, I mean, Stephen's given me like some good ones to think about there. I agree, man. Uh, Say, I'll come to you. What's your thoughts on Stephen's pick? Uh, Suzuki, yeah, abs- absolutely. I would feel fun to agree with that. Um, I do agree with Grant that maybe Finn um, or, you know, Prince Devitt maybe wasn't there as long as what could be determined to be um, part of a a thing like the Mount Rushmore. I mean, technically, there was no Bullet Club without him. Um, we have no idea if Bullet Club would have ever become a thing. 
Um, had um, Devitt had started off, so there's definitely that to like consider and consider that Billa Club's like one of the most well-known factions in the entire world. Um, and then, see when you have others like Kenny Omega, there is, without a shadow of a doubt, obviously the first US champion that they had, first non-Japanese person to win the G1, and certainly put on a massive, massive showing, um, and even bringing more of a Western audience as well, because people were clearly familiar with who this guy was, um, knowing that he was get, he was let go from WWE because they didn't really see any potential in him, and he turned that all around. Um, it's, it's, I would say it's definitely a really, really good good set of picks that he's, that, he's, that Steven's brought to us. Um, but out of, out of them, for serious contenders, I would probably say Suzuki. Fair enough. And Scott, coming to you last, what's your thoughts? <laughs> Again, some solid picks. You know, it's hard to do a mentor more like this because they've got such a lineage of great wrestlers and they've got some great wrestlers currently on their roster, so really hard to argue against certain people but like I said uh, with particularly Omega and Balor even though Balor did kind of found the Bullet Club I would agree with Sarah and Grant's sentiments that you know he barely got a year out of you know being the leader and because he didn't get the chance to properly go up from junior heavyweight he's the only Bullet Club leader to never hold the IWGP heavyweight championship at any point seems strange given he's the one who started it all uh, Omega yeah I would give the edge over Balor because you know, he helped build on what was already came from the likes of uh, Balor and AJ before him as the leaders of Bullet Club. And I think a lot of think stuff in the last like five or six years with Westernized getting on New Japan, he played a big role in that. You know, he I said about how Okada was part of some of the most talked about matches. You know, in the recent history of New Japan, more than not, Omega was on the other end of those matches. You know, they had that great series that we've talked about before. He had the match with Chris Jericho, which got a lot of Western eyes when they had the Alpha Omega match with Game 12. A match that Twig and even pointed out is maybe without that match, we might not even have an AEW right now. So you got to think how different the wrestling world would be without that. So yeah, I think out of all those, I think Omega stands out the most above all these other picks to potentially be somebody going. Yeah, fair point. Fair points indeed. Well, thank you for bringing up. Um, so we're going to go to our last panelist and that's Sarah. Sarah, the floor is yours. Right, okay, just to let you know that there's only one of my picks that I know should be a cemented, that it should literally be cemented, covered in gold, and you know, buffed and polished, it's all nice and shiny. Out of all the four picks, I know that one of them's definitely going to make it, and if he doesn't, then I'm going to kill you all, because you, you disrespect him. Um, but <laughs> my my four picks um, that I've got, I, um, I'll start off with like the least two the one that I'm, I'm guaranteed that I know is going to make it. Um, so one of the ones that I was putting up in a name for, I, I think it was just because I was the last person, <laughs> apart from calling dibs on one person. And so I did say Kota Ibushi, um, mainly just because like there's, there's more to him when it comes to this company than what's going to be happening, plus the fact that he's absolutely fucking crazy. Um, but there's a reason. There's a reason that he is a two-time back-to-back G1 winner. Um, it's just maybe a shame that he's not really had the trigger pulled on him in some bits. But being the inaugural 
um, like IWGP World Heavyweight Championship when that was merged with the Intercontinental does say a lot. Um, it, just given the fact that you know it, he lost it very quickly after. So we're going to move Kotaibushi to the side as, as much as I love him. Um, he's just one that I had. I had an extra pick. Um, my other one that I was going to pick. The only reason that I've said this is just because he brought so much of a Western audience to New Japan, but he was he was only there for like two years, and that was AJ Styles. Um, more since like this was like the sort of partnership um, when New Japan and TNA sort of came together in 2008. Um, that AJ Styles came through in 2014 that he had signed a contract with the company um, sort of coming in on the invasion attack and attacked Okada and like literally if you're going to go from anyone to make a statement in the company then you're going to go for Okada considering that he was the champion at that point um, and the fact that just AJ managed to bring so many wonderful matches um, towards the two years <laughs> that he was there um, but given like his Wrestle Kingdom matches um, and everything else, it it was a it was a choice I wanted to make. Um, the third pick for me is the is the current booker of the company, Gado. Um, mainly primarily because since sort of coming in to New Japan in two thousand and one, he has sort of made it his own. Um, going from you know being in a tag team and a member of Chaos, um, to the defection towards Bullet Club, like, turning his back on Okada, because, you know, it's it's always really, really sad when you see the babyface's manager leave him um, for, you know, this new up-and-coming star that he sees more potential in um, and maybe gets a little bit greedy with, with the fame and fortune of it. Um, but it, it's definitely argued that since Gado became the primary booker in 2015, that it, his booking is just incredibly smart that sometimes you don't see it coming until you look back and go, oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, okay, this is this has been in the works since this day and this day and this day. I mean, at the ter- current time of recording, it's just after Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. And for the New Japan Ramble, who would have thought that he was going to have in the King of Pro Wrestling? Scott, I, I know that you've probably already seen it. Um, yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen that match. I've seen half of the card. I've seen half of it. Yeah. So, like, who would have thought going into 2022 for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling match that's going to happen on night two at the time of recording that you're going to have the obvious picking Yano and Chase Owens, um, like the sorry up and comer, but then having Sima and Suzuki going into that match, like, I was very, very shocked to see those two um, be in the original match going for Wrestle Kingdom night one. It was a very, very shocking thing, but only Gado would have probably thought of this and be able to pull it off. Um, and, and just, I don't know what it is, but it, it just makes it seem very flawless. And even in the, the height of the pandemic, given the fact that, you know, maybe the whole evil turning and, you know, going to the House of Torture, it would maybe have been all well and good in his head. We might just have to blame evil for not executing it properly and not, you know, getting Gado's vision out there. Um, but I would say, like, there's, it probably would have been a very, very different company had Gado not become the main booker. 
um, of New Japan. But my my the one the one pick that I am fully endorsing and getting behind, and this is the one that I have got the biggest case on, <laughs> um, and the one I called dibs on before I even got the rest of my my picks out was um, the ace that is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, I I made sure that I called dibs on this man before anyone else could get his get their filthy little paws on it, um, because if you if you think of New Japan pro wrestling, one of the names that does definitely come to your mind is Hiroshi Tanahashi. And let me tell you this, right? The man first signed with the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo in 1998, making his debut in 1999. And he has been with the company since his very first debut and he's carried on through absolutely everything. And he is still one of the biggest stars in the company is the man with the beautiful hair and when you look at his accolades like let me run down the accolades that is for Hiroshi Tanahashi right so we have and he is the eight time holder of the IWGP heavyweight championship he is a two time IWGP intercontinental championship holder a one time United States heavyweight championship holder he is a three time tag team champion he is also a two-time IWGP U30 Openweight Championship um, holder. He has held the Never Openweight Championship once. He has held the Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships with three, like with six other men, but a three-time holder, including Mr. Ricochet, that is now on Monday Night Raw. He is the fourth ever New Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Champion. But he is the second ever Grand Slam champion. He has won the G1 Climax three times. He has won the New Japan Cup on two different occasions. He is also the winner of the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship Tournament and that was held in 2017, as well as holding um, the Heavyweight Tag Team MVP Award from 2005 for Shinsuke Nakamura. And then you've got other championships and accolades on top of that being uh, getting the Young Lion Award in 2001, the New Japan Pro Wrestling MVP in 2018, as well as having the best singles bout in 2004 with uh, Tenzan. So when you look at all these different accolades, and that's even just a fraction of what's listed on Wikipedia, there is more, but I'm not going to go through them all. Um, when you look at that, you just you sit and look at it in awe and this is why they call the man the ace and he's also the fact that he's been able to go through every single match with and always playing by the rules to be very very clean um and obviously we've got his match at wrestle kingdom night two against kenta which is a no dq match which is surely going to take him out of his comfort zone but just going through the fact that this man has basically been with New Japan Wrestling for 23 years and he is basically the face and he's got the very pretty face with the pretty pretty hair and the fact that you know go ace so yeah that that is that's I'm not even going to go into detail about it because like all you have to do is look up his acolytes and also the fact like it was a record-breaking heavyweight championship holder I will have you know that. I can't remember exactly how long it was, but I know he held it for a very long time. Thank you very much, Sarah. Very interesting. You clearly 
goes with a lot of thought in that one. Uh, I like it. I mean, you're, you know, Tanahashi is also a very well known, very well respected wrestler. Ibushi has been very, very unlucky, as you said recently, uh, in recent years, but he's also a top quality wrestler. Um, and for me, you've got the greatest of all time there, AJ Styles. So, yeah, as well as very strong line, line up there. Um, Stephen, I'm going to come to you. What's your favorite? I mean, uh, if you were doing a Mount Rushmore of wrestling haircuts, you know, Tanahashi would be in it four times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a lovely lock-up of hair he's got. I mean, I would question the pick purely on Sarah saying that uh, Ricochet is a Raw superstar, is a SmackDown superstar. Like, you know, I don't but, watch WWE. Leave me alone. I'm just being, I'm just being pedantic. Uh, yeah, no, Tanahashi is the obvious, you know, top choice in there. Um, Sarah's accolades, you know, listed I don't really need to add too much on it. Gedo, I think if you're looking booking wise, the first half of his tenure, people would argue yeah he's a great solid contender, similar to the kind of Vince McMahon, you know, mold that we did in that Mount Rushmore. Scott mentioned, however, his uh, his, his love for evil in recent years would definitely take me that's no pun intended, his love for the wrestler evil. <laughs> it's just a bit too much for me. I wouldn't I think he's kinda would slip him off at a bit more, but yeah he's historical booking wise would make him a, a strong contender Styles general wrestling hall of fame I'd say yes but his tenure in New Japan I think is maybe a wee bit too short for consideration here similar to what the guys argued about for Balor and me and Sarah talked about Tanahashi that for that long I can't remember who her fourth pick was Abushi I love Abushi like you said maybe about 50-50 booking to go in here but yeah he would be on a Mount Mushmore of crazy bastards. <laughs> maybe a bit too far for me going this one, but yeah, Tanahashi's the Sarah's right by saying Tanahashi's the obvious contender from the four. No problem. Yes. Mount Rushmore of crazy bastards. I love it. <laughs> um, Scott, we'll come to you. What's your thoughts on Sarah's picks? So Stephen took the words out of my mouth. Basically, yeah, if we were doing a. I uh, might rather <laughs> just mad bastards. Yes, that man would be right front and centre. Well, it was him or red shoes. All right, leave me alone. <laughs> but I I agree with what Stephen said also about Tanahashi stands out out of all of them. You know, that's an impressive list of accolades you learned out there, Sarah. Uh, so many like things he he's done over his career. Like he was there during the dark time and helped basically bring them out slowly but surely to the resurgence that they they had, you know, in later years. I'd even go a step further and argue that Tanashi is the only person that she's mentioned of those four that deserves to go in. Oh, yeah. Edo, <laughs> like you said, yeah, the last few years have not been kind to his uh, his style of booking. Uh, we don't even see the long-term no playing out or anything. He seems, especially during 2020, he seems to kind of rush through some things. Ibushi, I think the fact that he hasn't had the trigger pull, as Sarah said, Actually, it does hold him back a little bit because seemingly since he thought he had a lot of potential with combining the two belts into the world heavyweight title, but seemingly the night he he got his new belt, a curse was seemingly placed upon him, and he's never been the same since. And he just tells I agree again with what Stephen said that if it's just a general like all of all time wrestlers, AJ Styles would be right front and center, but in a one of just wrestlers of New Japan, he is most out of place I think because again full time, he was there for roughly two years, his two IWGP title reigns well, it's, it's very rare for Gaijin to get that title, especially in 2014-2015 when he got it, they seem to be a stopgap holder in between Tanahashi and Okada, uh, title reigns during their long running feuds, 
And then he had that match with Nakamura, which, while one, probably, arguably one of the greatest New Japan matches of all time, did kind of hurt them as they were on their way out to go to WWE because they would then, a couple of years later, try and fail multiple times in 2018 to replicate that success to, well, no avail, as we've discussed before in this podcast. Yeah, thank you point, Scott. Grant, we're going to come to you lastly. What's your thoughts on Sarah's picks? So... I'd say like Sarah, definitely Tanahashi is a great pick, although I'm gonna be I'm gonna do you dirty here and point out the fact that Tanahashi got himself disqualified today at the time of recording well, because he's a I dick. wasn't going to say that because I can't remember if that's that match went on before, you know. I've seen it, I've seen it. Alright, okay. Well then yes, the the only time he's ever done himself dirty was because Kenta's been a dick. Kenta has been nothing but a lovely upstanding young gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, he's not the ace. He's a very naughty boy, that Tanahashi. He's a, very, he's a naughty boy. He used the Kindle stick in the bed, bed. Yeah. Now, Sarah, you, you, you did miss one golden opportunity, Sarah, because I remember I looked back in the chat to look at your picks and the fact that you took out Shibata. I know. The, I ma- know. the, man, the man who's returned to wrestling made me cry more than once. I know. I had to go check on the Instagram to make sure he was okay as well. If, if, you'd went on, if you'd went for Shibata... I would, I would, I would have actually brawled physically with everyone else here to have Shabbat in it. I would have battled Stephen senseless for fun, even if it meant Laura would go after me. Oh, I know, I don't know why I said it. I I'll definitely think. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be honest, if you had argued and kept Shabbat, and I still would have argued against him because just because of the fact he took so long away, and I think if he is back full time. How dare you take some time away from a, you know, life-threatening injury? No, 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 no. <laughs> he got cut, his career got unfortunately cut short for a while while he was just about to be elevated to the main event scene. And now that he's back, I think maybe if he did this in a few years' time, if he's back on a more full-time basis, then I would have argued he should go in. But currently, as we sit here today, I would still argue against Shibata going in. And I don't care if Grant, I'll set my dog on you. That Dexter can be right vicious when he wants to be. I'm not afraid. Yeah, I mean Tanahashi, un- undisputable, really. Like that's just impossible to argue against that that at all. Ibushi, I think if his booking had been better, yeah, Ibushi, because Ibushi to me is definitely up there. Like the fans have always been behind him, but they've had what I always call the Naito problem, where every time they pull the trigger on him, they pull the trigger and then they go, ah, ah now wait, now we're not sure actually. Let's let's change it again. Let's change it again. I know, it's uh, like, why make him win the G1 two years in a row to then not do anything at Wrestle Kingdom? And you're like, ah, at least for, at least for Romo won one of, like, you know, won his, but still. And, and G- Gedo, I will actually give you, I think that is actually a good shout because whereas Steven says the later bit of his tenure, yes, the evil booking was a little bit of a shit show. I'm never going to forgive him for the House of Torture. Um, but... I will it give it to him. Pro- it was promising. It's just evil hasn't quite delivered. Promising? What <laughs> product are you watching? Um, when he first turned in the New Japan Cup, it was very promising of where this direction could have went. You shut up, I Stephen. I saw was retribution, and look what happened to that. <laughs> no, 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 Stephen. I, I will give her that one because it, it did have the promise. You know, they could have went the way of the Dark Order and found a way to make it work. Instead, they've made it the most awful thing in New Japan. But exactly. <laughs> I, I will give Gedo that a lot of the other booking he's done in the pandemic, with the limitations that he's had to deal with, he has done pretty good with things. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's done the best that he can with it. You know, I challenge any other booker to find a way to make that things work better with the fact that you couldn't get new foreign talent and and even getting the ones that you already had in 
had obstacles as well because of things you like had, quarantine and that. You had to rely on three young lions as well instead of having like a plethora of more. Exactly. So yeah, I'd, I'd say like of your choices, Tanahashi definitely. Gedo is a. I commend you for actually arguing that <laughs> one. It's quite a good one. Um, Ibushi. So AJ again. The problem is too short a time there. If I'm AJ, panicked. if AJ had been there longer, but you can never argue the fact that the two years he was there. Let's face it, people still talk about it, and that was what like five years ago when he left. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's that's my kind of takes and Sarah's picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I just listen to what you're saying, Sarah. Gedo seems to be your version of Quack, who's vote for Seamus Daniel Bryan is the best WrestleMania ever. That's what it comes across. I mean, with all fairness, when I was like thinking of Gedo, I was like, who else can I fuck with them with? Oh, I know. <laughs> I could have went for Red Shoes. I could have went for Milano. I could have even went for you know Gino Gambino. I asked oh, him what I made. Or you know, Rocky Romero, given the fact of how much he's working with the LA stuff right now, I could have argued for Rocky Romero as well. Mm. Well, on that note, we're going to move on now. <laughs> You're going to fight to name your four. So I'm going to now just leave up to yourselves. But remember, every so often, I'm going to stop before going on just to see if there's something to actually contemplate. So. The floor is yours. Fight! <laughs> All uh, your picks are sight. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> I know my picks are shite, but Hiroshi Tanahashi is the obvious one, so get him in. It's the number one spot. I mean, you talked about. I know you, you and Graham made some great arguments for Gado, but do we want to put in a guy who does. is, it, is behind. Oh, writing? No, I- Who's I don't want Gedo, I just want Tanahashi in it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, do we want the guy who, who, who's, who's behind the long-term booking, or do we want to put someone in who benefited from the long-term booking? Which is why, again, I will push for Naito as an obvious person to go in. Scott, hey, Sarah, Scott, Sarah, I promote a truce for one thing and one thing alone. Not Stephen Wilson's picks? To piss, to piss off Stephen, how about we all agree to go with Okada? I mean, I would have oh. went with Okada anyway. Yeah, no. I would, I would hard, to, hard to argue. <laughs> I'm going to Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, and then Red Shoes. I mean, we didn't even even mention the fact he's got the longest single reign of the IWGP heavyweight title in history. 750-odd days. I mean, I don't think anybody will even come close to touching that reign ever again. I bet he has a shit clothesline, let's be brutally honest. Um, You've probably got a shit clothesline and all. Steven, you've got a shit haircut, but we're not bringing that into it, are we? Uh, We're not talking... I know I mentioned the Mount Rushmore of haircuts, but let's not talk about that right now. Uh, I do have a shit haircut, that's why I'm currently wearing a hat, that's why I'm doing the David Hotley look right now. Um, if we were going to put one of Grant's picks in, you, I would, you needs to be Liger. He's got to be Liger over Okada every time. You know, he's just the, he's the Japanese goat, in my opinion. You should find the Liger. Um, I'll be honest, all three of you have got a pick each that I'm I'm interested in. All three of you have got at least one person each, I'm like, I can't really argue against it. (laughs) Yeah, I would probably say, for my opinion, right, my hot take. Tanahashi, Naito, Okada, Suzuki. That would have been mine. I think... Out of those four, you could argue, I think the the only person you couldn't really argue, maybe shouldn't go in, and I'd never say it to his face, is Suzuki. Maybe because he, he hasn't won the big one, but then again, how can a heel be so scary and you have music that's so catchy? Yes. Well, imagine yeah. he's sitting listening to this and he's like, how dare they? 
how dare they not put me in? And then he comes along and snaps all your necks for saying I mean, no and not mine because I said he could be. <laughs> my, my hot take for my, my four, this is my hot take, would be um, I'll, I'll sacrifice Okada for Liger, um, Tanahashi, okay. uh, Suzuki, Naito, and that Wilson is a ball bag. <laughs> for honourable I mean, mention. I would get conversation at all. Considering how she I mean, the last couple of years. I would, I would pick. Um, I, 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 I'm going with the argument of I would pick one of Okada and Omega, and I'm going to pick Omega. Mm. So that's, just Liger that's just because you don't no, no, like no, no, Okada. No, no, no. no, because I want to get Liger in, and I'll argue against Naito. From I know I said Naito was a great pick earlier on, but I'd argue against him for Nakamura. I mean, the only one I'm not arguing about is Sarah Stanahashi. I think she's the same bet. That's, the thing. That's why I called dibs. That's the thing with this kind of thing. Like, I do think with the limited spots, we've only got four. So I do think, much like we were kind of arguing the first Mount Rushmore, we did the men's one, but how we had to basically choose between Rock and Austin. I do think we need to sacrifice Okada or Omega. We can't have both. And I think it needs to be one or the other. Much like with my, my one, like I could easily argue for Naito or Nakamura, but I think only one of those two needs to go in. So. I think I said we need to decide is it Omega or is it Okada? I would say Omega doesn't have enough accolades that to make the cut over Okada. And the fact that Omega left. Yeah. That's why it's hard with your one, because obviously Okada, what you make such a argument saying, talk about accolades and everything, but then he's like the most recognisable face of like the modern era of New Japan. But then in terms of longevity and people who don't even watch New Japan all know who Jushin Liger is. Which is hard to, you know, again, we've got these limited spots. I mean, we could argue that cut out Okada, cut out Omega, Liger. Liger is a, a solid pick. Because let's face it, pretty much a 30-year career. Mm-hmm. Started there, retired there, done it all. Not just there, but in other promotions as well. And he's still uh, doing commentary for them as well. Like, like I said, he retired, and then two months later, the pandemic hit. <laughs> That's how much of an influence that man had in the world. He, he was protecting us from something bigger <laughs> the minute he decided to, to give it up <laughs> spend all the shit at the fan he's got a career so accomplished that he managed to have one match in WWE and still go in their Hall of Fame that's that an accomplishment in itself I would definitely thought, agree for Liger he's, he's, he's one of our very few people who has a 100% record in WWE hey. in it. Um, I'm, I'm a definite for Liger and Tanahashi so far That's yeah. my. I, I feel that we've got a, a bit of an agreement there yeah. Liger is right. 100% He's an old right now prospect between Jushin Liger. Yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Steven? Doesn't matter what yes. you said. I said yes. <laughs> Thank you. Democracy. And pick two would definitely have to be Tanahashi. None of us can argue that. I mean, he plays air guitar. <laughs> so if you, try, if you try and argue against like Tanahashi, you're pretty much like trying to argue against like Austin or The Rock or what. You just can't exactly. do it. Exactly, <laughs> you can't do it. Which is that's why I called dibs on let everyone else pick theirs. I was like, as long as I get Tanahashi, I do not care. So doesn't really matter. Steve says because Scott and Grant agree. So Tanahashi's in. I'm, yeah! I'm all for. I'm all for Tanahashi myself. I'm right. all for Tanahashi. Keep on trying that. I mean, I'm going to name some other professionals that you certainly mentioned. Like you've Shibata, Rocky Romero, Kenta. You've got Will Osprey. Mm. Fuck Will Osprey. Yeah, and Kenta, I would probably say more because he's more associated with, with Noah. Probably yeah, not. Ken, yeah, yeah, Kenta's not a 
New Japan one. He's a Japan. It's, it's a an all-round Japan. An all-round Japan Hall of Fame. Yeah. All, uh, no, uh, uh, I'm out Rushmore of Jap- Japanese wrestlers. <laughs> kids are kids, uh, yeah. Not for not for New Japan. New um, Japan. What about Tenzan? Sanada. Just in for Sanada. Uh, it's a very sad thing that Sanada's not had enough of a push to get there, and it's a absolute fucking shame. If you want to put, if you want to put him in the TNA Hall of Fame for Japanese wrestlers, absolutely. freaking lootly. I mean, we've it's not, we've not dis- we didn't discuss Yoshihashi. Now that's a freaking thing. Oh, uh, Yoshiha- Yoshihashi was my idea. Do not take my man away from me, okay? Or what's his or what's his face say? Uh, Yoshitatsu. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also red shoes. I mean, it's not a New Japan show without red shoes. I, th- I think because it's too early in his career, what well, I think uh, a, a name that I considered throwing into the equation Alano. because it has done a lot was uh, Jay White. Jay yeah. White would have been a, a great, a great shape, but I think it's still too early. It's still too early. Yeah, you could have made an argument with Jay White. For a second there, I thought you were saying it's too early. I thought you were talking about Red Shoes still. Like, imagine being like... for how long have you... <laughs> it's too early for Red Shoes. Needs more time. He needs to take more bumps. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. had Rocky Romero and you pulled him out for Ghetto. I mean... I mean... Well... I, I, Again, Rocky is is such an advocate for it, but not I would say not for his career, but for maybe his contributions, absolutely freaking lutely, because he's the one that has been pushing so much for um, the LA guys um, and all that sort of stuff. Like he's he is the guy that you go to if you're wanting to like you know have a pair like have a have a relationship with it. You get Rocky because. He is honest to God one of the nicest people. And like I, I, I have met him like once and I didn't realise it was him and he was the nicest freaking guy I've ever met. I couldn't quite get over it. And I love him. Which is why, you know, they brought him to AEW to then, you know, use that relationship to introduce the best friends to Chaos. Even though Chuck and Trent were already members of Chaos. I'm good. I'm gonna throw in there for like the toward towards pick number three, just to throw the throw it in there. I am gonna be angling towards my my co- my co-host Scott's pick of Naito, because I feel Naito is possibly a solid pick over Okada and Omega as a modern talent, who's also been there for a long time because of what he's done. Yeah, but Okada's accolades not count for anything. They do, but N- Naito's done more, like, different, various ones, rather than just always being pushed to the main event, which gives him a little bit more. Yeah, he's like, had the, more of a journey, I think. Uh, even, even more so than Omega, because Omega got it before uh, Naito did. And I think Omega's title ring was kind of underwhelming when we actually look back on it. But Naito had this, like, long journey starting, like, 2013, and then went all the way to 2020 when he finally held the belt. And then, like, we talk about Nakamura and what he did for winning the IWGP Heavyweight and Eric Health Tales separately, he's the first, Nigel's the first guy to hold them together. And he's a much more charismatic man <laughs> than Okada. So, Tranquilo. I thought you were saying he was more charismatic than Nakamura, so I was going to say I would argue against you there. So have, you ever, have you ever seen Okada try and speak in English? It is amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't go out my way to see anything Okada, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I sent my I sent my pals a video. I don't know if anyone remembers that video that went viral of the Japanese pool player. You sent me that actually. 
And that is exactly how Okada's English promo came across, which was English, okay. a little, no problem. Okay, okay. only so. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Okada's title reigns is a, is a fair accolade, but Naito has got a much more wider package of you know achievements, I think. Uh-huh. Which Steve, makes Andy's more of a... Yeah, I didn't really want to talk too much about packages we say that around. I don't want to start a com- another conversation. <laughs> uh, Mate, I have turned over a new leaf in 2022. How dare you? The actual audacity. Uh, but I like the shout at night, though. I mean, it was Scott. if you had to pick one of Scott's, it's either him or Nakamura. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's Nile for me. <laughs> I would say Naito over Nakamura. I would say Naito over Nakamura and Okada. I mean, See, come on. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're promoting somebody else, you get nobody in, and there's only two spots left. I still want Kenny Omega in there. Like, you've been here about an hour. I mean, we've all, we've all got all the place to be. Why don't we just put Nakamura and Naito in? That's the final two spots, so we can all go home happy. Especially me. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely on board with Naito. Um, I would say for Stephen, the only one of your picks that I'm going to go with Stephen is going to be Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I would agree. For. I mean, if I'm, if I'm arguing Suzuki, bring something a bit different to the other guys, you know. It's I mean, a dad it, without being a new Japan dad. At the end, of it, we need to think about the fact that yeah, titles are a big thing, but you also got to think about the impact some wrestlers have had over the years without a title. Look at um, without winning the big one. Like look at um, Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> never won the big one but do we still talk about him fondly do we still love him do they always have a huge impact yes yeah. he fucking did I think the fact with Suzuki that the age in his early 50s he walks in to AW he walks into TNA he walks into GCW he walks into all these companies at this age he walks into Bloodsport and everybody loves him you know there's not many because we want men. to see carnage that is why we want to see <laughs> yeah, blood but, and guts but, and death but if you look at it, for a guy who's never won the IWGP Championship, he's never won like things like the G1 and that type of stuff. He's a kind of like yeah, he's a, he's just a, he's a solid, consistent wrestler. But for the rest, Western audience, sometimes they get attracted to the bigger names. For him to get such a reaction when he goes over, just shows his grant says the longevity, and the impact he's got in that company. That he, yeah. anything he can do is just great. Which is he's. And he, add, he does add something a bit different to the choices. I, I would, say. I would definitely say yes for Suzuki, um, but not for any of other Stevens picks. But <laughs> I would say not right now. Like say because because Kenny Omega had a really really great um, like career. He still left when there could have been a lot more. Like th- there there's that that you know that is like a roadblock that you're like yeah he's one of the most most well-known people like he brought the popularity and like all the great matches but again it was how long he was there and then the fact that you know he decided to up and leave and you know start his own company <laughs> and you're like oh i mean if yeah. you're if you're arguing guys with longevity from my guy i mean you obviously you've all drawn to suzuki naturally but Nagata's a great choice as well. No, it's okay. 
and like it's not something against Nagata and everything like that. Also, he has the IWGP like heavyweight championship on Suzuki hasn't, so that's one thing he's like over him. But I don't think, more well, especially internationally, the Nagata's got the same popularity that Suzuki has. And like again, like he gets a reaction when he goes overseas. But I don't think he gets quite the response as people singing along with Suzuki's theme song and. Also, to go on Omega again, I think I agree with what Sarah said, because like, 2018, we were all invested in Omega finally winning the title, and he did. And then by the following January, he leaves, and obviously it's to go on to start AEW, and I think you know it's been great for a lot of people having AEW, both wrestlers and fans alike. But then again, like, it felt like we went all this way, this journey, to see Omega finally win the big one, and it didn't really live up to what it could have been. And... I think that's when the argument comes back and what Grant said about arguing, you know, is it accolades that are more important or is it, you know, something else like storylines or something like that? And in terms of storylines, again, you need to come back to Naito. You know what, let's just call it Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi and call it a day. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you talk about great people, no, I'll say no, no way to Yoshihashi, but Goto... <laughs> I know, he's just somebody who would just, if we could have five places instead of four, I'd argue for Goto. I know, I would have argued for Goto too. <laughs> like, it was a, a few episodes ago in East Meets West, I forgot that he'd actually won the G1 Climax because it was back <laughs> in like 2008, this was before they were uh, you know, giving you the title shot Red Kingdom as the result of winning the tournament, but even then, like you see how accomplished he is, he's one of the only people to win the, the New Japan Cup and the World Tag League three times, and... I think he's actually one of the most accomplished people to never win the title. Him and Ishii both could hold that claim. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw if like a person that I would go with Kevin Kelly. <laughs> I'm going to throw a random name out, out there that's perhaps not got as many accolades. They have technically only been there full time for about five years, but let's face it, this man's cultural impact has been massive. Yeah, and he and he always bla- and he always blames his losses on someone that we all universally hate. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Scott. I know you're talking about Zack Sabre Jr. blaming <laughs> Boris Johnson for fucking everything. What a man. And having the best names for his finishers as well. Oh. Exactly. Imagine like, having a finisher called Barry from EastEnders. You know, like, Tesco Meal Deal. Like, I remember me and Grant uh, spent a good five, ten minutes talking, thinking of other British references that you could name moves after, like setting somebody up for a kick up the ass, going, oh, he's setting up for the Bishop Brennan. <laughs> Oh dear! I mean, there's another idea for a for a future show for you, like not a cur- like current like Mount Rushmore, but a potential future Mount Rushmore. People like who do we see in, in places being on Mount Rushmores in the future? I mean, if you're that's talking about that's when Jay White goes onto it. In the pipeline, there's a long pipeline of Mount Rushmores to come. Trust me, a long line. If you if you talk about Zack Sabre Junior. Move names. It should be next slide, please. <laughs> no, his next his next place should be should be called the business meeting. Anything else? Cheese and cheese and wine. But Alan, Alan, Fish and chips. We, we've all given our Mount Rushmore's pick, but for the final one, why don't you give us your Mount Rushmore? You've clearly given a lot of thought. What's your Mount Rushmore do you spend? We're all clamoring to know. Perfect. Okay. Um, if I was to do mine, good tell. Mines would be Okada. Omega, Tanahashi, Nakamura. Damn, I thought he was going to say Yano. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine, but I would, I would, 
I would be swaying heavily. The only one that'd probably drop out would have been Nakamura for possibly Naito. But I've seen more of my career. <laughs> Nakamura. But that is my thoughts. Go on the info shit. This is all about you. You saw two places and you thought up one you're like. What about the booking purposes? Cody Rhodes. Oh fuck off. Get can right put, to fuck. Can we just can we just put <laughs> Can we just put in red shoes, please? No, red shoes Alan, and Milano. <laughs> Alan, you, you. Brock Lesnar. Uh, Alan, I am. Christ I am. I, I have not had my dinner yet, and I'm. I'm here talking about this rather than watching the second half of Wrestle Kingdom Night One. Do not give me this shit here when I'm giving you my time. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fuck with me here. I know. I've been up. I've been up like. Since 4 a.m. because I was too excited that I need. Listen, to... right, please do not piss in my glass and call it lemonade. <laughs> it might make some of you happy. I know for a fact it will certainly make some of you not happy. So, what are we going for, third one? Okada. <laughs> Naito. <laughs> Naito. I've got Naito. Naito. Okay, I'll do Naito. Yeah. Right. So, I'll, 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 I'll go, I've got Naito and Nakamura. I want to go. Like, they're like my children. I can't pick one, but you know. I will go with the consensus. Everyone else seems to agreeing with me, and I'll go Naito for the third one. Okay, Naito then. So, as it stands, we've got Jushin Liger from Grant, we have Tanahashi from Sarah, and Naito from Scott Steven. You've got Hee Haw, son. So, are you going to get somebody on? It's Sarah, Scott, think this is a one time we can absolutely screw Wilson, and he can't do fuck all about it like he did in the draft. I mean,. Well, uh, see when you're picking between like the ones that like the two ones that I want to go in is Okada and Suzuki. Just mainly like the fact that you know Okada has really done a lot for New Japan and he's still got lots to come. And like I said, he will be the new ace when Hiroshi Tanahashi retires. He will, without a doubt, be the new ace. And Suzuki, I mean, he's had such a long career and he's very well known. But does that outweigh? Does it? I mean, like, look at what Okada's done, everything. Like, in Tanahashi, while he was still ace, he still went after the tag belts. He had, like, some reigns as IC champion, and also, most recently, he was the US champion. But, like, well, the, on the other end of it, Okada, at the minute, you know, I can't see him doing anything else other than being world champion. So, even when he becomes ace, if he tries to go down to the US title scene or any other title scenes, it's going to unfortunately seem like a demotion as by comparison. So yeah. I don't think I don't think he can flawlessly seamlessly transition to other title scenes outside of the main event, much like Tanahashi can. I think yeah. a big issue that goes against Okada there for that as well is that he's so much younger. He's still yeah. only thirty-four. Um, he's a baby. So, so it's it's hard to picture him dropping down to like the mid card until like what he's in his late thirties. So you're probably talking at least another three, four, five years before you could see him being like, well. You could argue that he's a bit older now, so he maybe has to slow down. That's what's kind of caused him to drop down a division or what. But there is that issue: has he, like, has he been overbooked? That goes yeah. against him. Mm. Well, I think if we're someone like Stephen Wilson, then clearly the answer is yes, given everything <laughs> on this show. But then you point out the fact that it makes me want to disregard all logic just to screw Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, guys, put this right there, like Stephen. Tell us why you don't believe Okada deserves to go on. That's pretty good. You shoved it your throat like nothing else, as Grant said. <laughs> see if you put, see if he was in a bum and Vince McMahon ring, you get bloody boot to fuck. 
Stephen, I, I will come I, to I, your I, house and I will smash your Millennium Falcon before it's finished being built. Do not touch the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> do anything else, do not touch that. <laughs> Double logic. Take me to my... You get booed. Aye, because he gets... If you get the same booking in WWE, people <laughs> would shit all over it. It's my, it's my bad, it's my potentially bad take that I'm willing to die in a hell for. Are you essentially saying that Okada has has been like their equivalent of Roman Reigns? Oh no. In a way, it can be. I, I mean, and John Cena. Because nah, a lot of people love it, like, like obviously Reigns went heel and everyone loved him. When Okada went that through that crazy spell where he lost the belt and he became <laughs> the bone rainmaker, people fucking loved that. That is true. He went metal. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, and anyway, oh, I want to see to, that again. I mean, the ultimate Tana, uh, Okada heel turn is when he when he wore like covered his legs. You know, that was, <laughs> I really hated that. I mean, yeah. I think I think the points I think the point Scott made about Suzuki is quite spot on. I think Suzuki's more of a better transitional way, but I just kind of feel you feel kind of when Okada's stuck somewhere that's not in a world title match. I guess I'm a bit lost now. Well, a Suzuki, you can put him in a five-minute brawl with um, Marco's stunt, and it'd be amazing. Oh my god, I want to see now, that. Don't remind us, right? He already killed Marco. No, wait, he killed Alan Angels on being the elite. Never mind. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine what he would do to like Marco's stunt? Marco's stunt would have to retire. Don't give me hope for that. I mean, we already had the pandemic feel by the Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki. What might happen? I think it was a GCW show. So yeah. don't, don't throw these matches at me. How about Minoru Suzuki v's the budget Orange Cassidy? We put him <gasps> in the ring with Wilson. <laughs> Clementine. The whole time, Stephen said, I, were... I, I voted for you for the Mount Rushmore. Why are you killing me? Because it doesn't like you. <laughs> I thought you were talking talk about Kyle O'Reilly when he came out after TakeOver in March wearing the denim jacket. Rushes the man, Seamus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna push for it. Over Omega was the one in my four. I was most confidently, but if he's not, if it's been, if I'll push more for Suzuki, purely because of his, you know, wider, you know, he's, he's not his one. He's more dimensional, I think. And his his theme music's a banger. Uh, our issue is arisen here is that if we let Suzuki or Omega, and that means one person from every team has went in. And that's not fun because there needs to be a clear winner on these Mount Rushmore shows. Which is why I'm going to go back to the well with Nakamura here. Because <laughs> I prefer to live in this. We talked about factions earlier on. We talked about factions. Let's talk about chaos, the faction that Okada is a prominent member of. There would be no chaos if it wasn't for Shinsuke Nakamura. Him and Yano and a bunch of others turning on Togi Makabe and Great Bash Heel and basically taking all their guys and leaving Makabe saddled with Honma, even to this day. Look, uh, like, it's, it's Honma. <laughs> Is what started originally a heel group and then became the biggest babyface group with Okada and Nakamura seemingly on even playing, even though Nakamura was seemingly more of a leader, even though he was always carrying the secondary belt and Okada was the world champion. But Nakamura had that respect over Okada. He's faced, he had great matches against Okada, he had great matches over the years with Tanahashi, who's already in there. They two were chosen as two of the three new musketeers in 2005 and they went on to be figureheads during the dark ages of New Japan in the mid 2000s up until. The resurgence in like 2010s and yeah maybe Nakamura would have done more than the world title scene if he'd stuck around but I think just again the fact that everybody's everybody's clamoring and wanting and upset that the IC title is no longer around in New Japan and a big part for that 
and why they want to see it come back is because they remember the good times. They remember the days of Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, just listen back to the Wrestle Kingdom uh, best matches show. I wasn't on it, but I listened to it. I edited it, and two of the matches, at least two matches on that show, involved Nakamura and that IC title. Need I say more? If you're going with that logic of if you're fighting about Okada and Nakamura did that stable, you could go similar. But if it wasn't for Anoki, we wouldn't have had a lot of the things we had in New Japan, and we wouldn't have had Nakamura pounding chaos. So don't pull that card. I bet Anoki's a bit dodgy. That's why we're not talking about him. Can we just say bad luck, Fally, and go home? If we're going with all these sort of like factions and that, come on, Suzuki Gun. Suzuki Gun's fucking incredible. Ichiban. Ichiban. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you've been awfully quiet, but you're picks. You're not putting any upset. I love picks forward here. I'm sorry, but are we really? They degraded the picks when she was naming them. She goes, exactly. I, I didn't really want him. I didn't want him. I didn't want him. <laughs> I mean, the only one I ever would have pushed for was Gado, but in terms of you know. Can we just, can we just honestly say red shoes and go home? There, stop trying to make red shoes happen. It's not happening. Red shoes will happen. Maybe in ten years. Two green. You need another ten, twenty years. Uh, Milano. Right. Paradise speak? lock. Let's just do. Let's just do the paradise lock. Yeah. So like you're that. just saying. You're just saying words now. <laughs> you are too excited. Well, my vote is going to be for Suzuki, okay? Oh, right. So the four it seems to be between is Nakamura, Omega and Suzuki. And that's yeah, the I'm last. With, I'm going with Suzuki now as well. Oh, Suzuki's at two. Scott, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't think it matters why I say I have a feeling Grant might go with the majority, but fuck it, I'm going to just go out on my sword and just go with Nakamura again. <laughs> Grant, pressure, pressure. Are you going to you going to conform with the group? Or are you going to stand by? As much as it's fun to fuck over Stephen Wilson, you can't deny Suzuki just, see, because, I'm, I'm, just because your hatred towards Stephen Wilson. I say this while I look at the signed picture I have of him above my bed, and I go with the King Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki. Here we go. We fought. We conquered. We done. So just to make sure, Okada and Omega do not get in this Mount Rushmore. Not today. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is going to be a highly controversial topic when it's released. This is ah! going to be well, tell everybody who thinks it's going virtual and is going to complain about it. Please direct all your comments to at catsave91 on Twitter and he, will make sure, and he will make sure that we all get them back and we will provide you in six to seven, six to eight working days. And that we will, bit, we will consider addressing them. We will also consider addressing them on East Meets West where we will just point out other people are wrong. We are right. And uh, so-and-so says this. He's wrong. Next one. Uh, he's wrong. You're wrong. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong. It's like everybody's evil, but everybody's wrong. It's like Homer, everybody's done except for me. <laughs> I can't wait to hear David Campbell's complaints about this show. I know, uh, he's, like, ah! he's gonna yell, where was evil? <laughs> it's gonna happen, you can tell it already. Where's evil? Oh fuck. Right, okay. Alan, I think I think we, we, we do good, so can I think you should keep us under control. Yeah. Oh, I tried. 
I had to double check that wasn't because I kept shouting stuff and you were just keep going and going. Yeah, you told us hint, to fight. Yes, and do you know what? This has been the biggest fight of all the Mount Rushmore, and I love that. It's been. But at the end of the day, clearly we're all winners here. <laughs> I didn't come here for a participation medal. Well, like, you should have fought harder for one of your other picks to go in. You I should have picked Shibata. <laughs> well, Sarah, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Uh, see, from now on, Scott, me and you were just going to go for Gino Gambino. It's all of our answers. Doki Choki. Doki Choki. <laughs> Where was this unity about 10 minutes ago? <laughs> we didn't think of it. Alan, you've lost control of the classroom. <laughs> oh, again, I know, I know. Well, at this moment in time, I am actually waiting for David Campbell's uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, so, we don't care what David Campbell's from Mount Rushmore is. <laughs> to quote so, Alan's favourite wrestler, it doesn't matter what his Mount Rushmore is. <laughs> so to wrap up, we have Justin Liga. Justin Liga. 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 Yes, Liga. Long, long day. We've got Liga, we've got Tanahashi, we've got Naito and Suzuki. No take-backs, that's it locked in. Go back to Okay. <laughs> it's locked in, and I've just received David Campbell's. Well, he is going to have a field day with this show. <laughs> oh, yes, he said evil, 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 and Big evil. Go. Should, I, should I spoil it and tell you Eh, uh, why not? Okay. He has... Minaro Suzuki, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kenny Omega, and Okada. Oh no! Absolutely fucking not, Campbell. You know nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him one possible two out of the four there. Yeah, the fact he's got Tanahashi on there. He picked two of my. He picked two of mine. So he's a good guy, is Mister Campbell. And you paid him off. I just want to say, I, I, I kind of wish David Campbell was here. Because then I mean, that means if Nakamura would have a better chance of going in, which means I would be the clear winner here. And screw you all. Yeah. And on that joyful note there, I think it's time to end the show. I'd like to thank you for having ignorance and the debating skills. First of all, Scott, thank you very much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure being on it, and guess what, Wilson? I'm going to get one last fuck you in there. Get it into your ginger. <laughs> You've enjoyed this one, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Driving on it. Sarah Greaves, thank you very much. I'm just happy I was able to do Hiroshi Tanahashi proud. I'm really glad you said proud at the end of that sentence. Don't, don't throw so. Fuck throw off! <laughs> There, wash out your mouth with soap. Their children listen to this show. <laughs> I've been good the past two shows. You shut up. You were, you were joking about 69s with me and Grant on the last show. Out of context, that sounds weirder than I meant it to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was joking about 69s with you and Grant? What show? What fucking show is this? No, if you listened to East Meets West about our Wrestle Kingdom preview, you would have known what I was talking about. You can East, East, East Meets West doesn't get a lot of listening. I mean, if you're a child, you shouldn't listen to it. This is our, that's our 18 oh, plus show. Our 18 <laughs> plus show is our After Dark show. 
<laughs> More on the mega coaches. And finally, I'd like to thank the US member of COP30, Dingy Prick Wilson. Yes, thank you, Alan and McRobbie. Up yours, I'm going to go do my Millennium Falcon Lego later. <laughs> I'm going to break it soon. I know where you live. Stephen, I'll just leave you this. Congratulations on turning 30. Life is passing you by. (laughs) (laughs) I I know a good coffin, you know, coffin guy, so. uh, I'm putting Wilson in the bin, he's not getting a coffin. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Alan. For New Japan, for Fourth and you know, innuendos and, well, dirty talk. Please listen to East Meets West, you know, on our back catalogue. Um, you know, you know where we are. Come listen to us. I've lost control. I've given up. These people have broke me. Happy New Year, everyone, and have a lovely evening. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on East Meets West. We treat East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply